Hello, my friends. Today, we're talking to Jeremy, Senior Vice President and Head of Engineering at Pinterest. And we discuss why Pinterest is the internet's way to figure out what people want, how Jeremy optimized the company's experimentation strategy, and how people may be missing out on personal growth in fully remote environments. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. I was curious to, to know, like, when we were talking last, you were at Walmart. And then you went from Walmart over to Pinterest. And I saw that and I got all excited and I was like, oh, we should have him on again. And then I realized he just moved to Pinterest. He needs to go do some stuff for a little bit. So we yeah, have great. something to talk about. Yeah, great. Um, tell me about that move. You know, it, it, it was kind of an interesting move. I was at Walmart for eight years and uh, it was a wonderful ride. I mean, the people there were great. It was, um, it was one of the best experiences of my life. I mean, trying to take, you know, Fortune One, the biggest company in the world and, and transform them to be like in the driver's seat, like transforming them to a digital powerhouse. It's just, it was just, couldn't have asked for anything better. So I had been talking to Doug about how long I was going to stay at Walmart. And I've been there eight years. And if you look at my background, I usually stay. I always tell people it's six months or five years, right? It was sort of my, you know, it's either going to work or, and I'm going to stick around or, or I'm out of there, right? When I got to eight, I pretty much, not that you could never accomplish anything in any job, but, you know, I kind of done most of the things I wanted to do there. And so I started thinking about taking a little bit of time off. And just like you were mentioning your own kids, my, my kids were going to be home for one more summer. Little did I know that wasn't going to be true, but um, uh, one more summer before they went off to college. And so I was going to take the summer off and, and do some consulting and maybe some advising. So I called a, a few friends of mine and, you know, got an introduction to Ben Silverman, the CEO of Pinterest. And he was, you know, asking for some advice about how to structure the team. They're about to grow and, you know, and could I be an advisor and that sort of thing. And, and I said, yeah, that sounds great. I, I fell in love with the, the company and the, the product. As things come, you know, their, their CTO left and then he'd asked me to join. And I said, you know, that, that sounds great. I love the company. I love what you do. I'll join after the summer, you know, and, and he said, you should start soon, right? You know, and, and I was like, okay, I gotcha. So I, I got into the company a couple of weeks before the IPO, um, which was awesome. But it, it was, you know, you know how those companies that go from, you know, such a great idea and such people that love the product so much. And then you just have to scale it. I mean, you just run into this massive scaling problem. And and the good news is that from a talent density standpoint, you know, the number of A players as a percentage of the company is incredible at Pinterest. It's it's amazing how smart the people are here. And that was another thing I was looking for in my next gig. And not that Walmart wasn't doing a lot of leading edge stuff, but, you know, this is really bleeding edge stuff. We have the best computer vision people in the world. We have the best graph database people in the world. We spend a ton of time on on our machine learning engines. And it, it's, it, you know, it keeps me, you know, very on my toes, if you know what I mean. That's what a CTO wants, right? <laughs> yeah, we, it's got to stay interesting. If, if you're not solving hard problems, then you just turn to mush. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. What's the business model over there? Is it just ads? Yeah. To me, Pinterest is like, my wife's on Pinterest a lot. Sometimes she'll send me a link to a collection of things. That's pretty cool. Like I was looking for um, 
I moved to Tennessee from Florida and the person who had built this house was a contractor and he was also a prepper. So he like end of world type <laughs> stuff. So he built this bunker, right? And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll put my security system in there and just kind of make it like that type of room. And I was looking for like inspiration ideas for like how to design it. And my wife's like sent me this Pinterest thing and it was just like unbelievable, man. It was just this curated list of like the coolest safe rooms ever. And it had so many ideas. And that was my like one of my first experiences with Pinterest. It's funny you say that because people oftentimes will say like, hey, Pinterest is for women. But if you go talk to any contractor, any designer, any architect, male or female, they all have Pinterest accounts, right? I mean, sort of the you know, the burliest guys down the street, the plumbers or whatever, you know, they, they use Pinterest for exactly that kind of inspiration. It's like, oh, I don't know what color to paint this bathroom. You know, like what is the latest color to paint bathrooms? And they'll, they'll, they'll have a Pinterest uh, board for that. I just finished, or I'm halfway through, you know, how projects get to 80%. I'm 80% of the way through building a doghouse. I just got a new puppy. And uh, I, of course, had to make a, a Taj Mahal kind of doghouse for it, you know. So I, I've been using Pinterest for, you know, inspirational doghouses. So, which is uh, super fun to work on. <laughs> I love it. I have this like image in my head of like you doing this like Venetian painting type stuff. <laughs> it's more modern sort of architecture, and I want to do 100% recycled. So I, I tore apart some palettes and have you know, like been doing more slats and that sort of thing. But it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I need another weekend to work on it before it's going to be done. <laughs> you can have one more weekend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got you got to put like make it a smart doghouse too. Put like an Alexa in there. It's or funny that you or... say that. I, I I consider putting a solar panel on it and doing heating and cooling, but it just got a little bit crazy. You know, like hey, does my dog really need a fan in his doghouse? It's kind of a... <laughs> we'll see. You'll learn, right? <laughs> exactly. Your dog will tell you. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, this is cool. What type of hard problems are you solving over at Pinterest? Well, I, another reason I love it is because it is a scale problem. I mean, again, you know, uh, you know, in previous lives I've done it. I, when I was at eBay, we, we scaled early Walmart, of course, you know, everybody in the world shops at Walmart. You know, Pinterest is a place where, you know, 400 million monthly active people come. You know, they come to, to do everything from, you know, finding dog houses to safe rooms to redecorating their kitchen to what are they going to wear for New Year's, how to like redesign their look, you know, from a hairstyle standpoint, how to find a good pair of shoes, that kind of thing. So it's such a variety of people, of things that are people getting inspired by. We have a ton of people that are like gardeners and they want to like know how to do succulents and, you know, design a garden space. So it's a, it's a big part of the variety. And so that means ingesting billions of pins coming through into Pinterest and then using both computer vision and machine learning to do what is content understanding. Like, what is this pin, right? Is it, is it safe? You know, this is obviously one of the, the most important things about Pinterest is making it the safest place to go on the internet. You know, you don't have any politics. You don't have any, you know, suspect content. You don't have any of the crazy stuff you see on the social platform. So number one, making it safe, but then making sure that we really identify, um, you know, what it is. Um, people come here for inspiration, but they're also, they're wanting to learn, right? They want to, you know, we call it, sometimes we call it edutainment. You know, people are, you know, building websites that are, uh, that are, you know, teach them how to cook or, you know, how to garden or that sort of thing. So, and then of course, all the big hard problems when you're, somebody does a search for, you know, New Year's Eve 
ideas or New Year's, you know, St. Patty's Day party ideas. You know, I got to collect a billion um, images and pins and and how do I how do I reply back in a a good way? So all the the hard machine learning uh, problems and the computer vision problems are great. But really, the reason I joined is because. 90% 90% of the people that come to Pinterest, they they say, you know, I wish it was easier to to find the thing. Once I get inspired, I want to buy it. And I don't know if you saw this, like whether it was shelving or, you know, a safe for your room or something like that. Like, where can I buy that safe, right? Or that particular item. And it's really about me- merging all the work that I've done for the last 20 years, you know, of, you know, internet retail getting connected with the inspiration platforms. And so that's uh, that's really what I've been working on. Isn't it always so clear in hindsight? <laughs> it is funny yeah, you say that. Bill Bill Reedy, who's my new boss, uh, just became CEO of Pinterest. Obviously, came from he came from Venmo, PayPal, um, and Google. It's been the last uh, couple of years on Google Shopping and, and a few other things. So we have a lot in common now. I'd, uh, I've been spending a lot of time with him on, on our shopping efforts and what to do next. So I would say that that was very frustrating for me because <laughs> the the whatever they were mounting to the wall that then they could put all the hooks on and everything like i i could see it but i couldn't find it and there was like a couple different types and you couldn't tell if it was plastic or metal or like and i've seen you know some places on some of the pens because we did a bathroom remodel too when we moved to tennessee and it was 80% done for a long time, right? Exactly. <laughs> but they did have a couple of like the, I, the best way for me to describe it was like a hotspot type deal where it's like this yeah. little pulsating deal yeah. and you could click on it and you're like, oh, that's the one. And so it was very sporadic in the sense that like, it, it, I guess it just picks up on the items that's very clearly done, yeah. right? Can creators like do it? Yeah, that's a new, a new tech that we've been doing. So over the last... so. So I've been here three years. The first year was, you know, all obviously getting your feet wet and growing the team and just putting in some, you know, the team, you know, we went IPO, but we, we still hadn't been like a mature company yet. So we, we spent a lot of time on just basic sort of development processes and architectural standards and that sort of thing. The second and third year have really been about both creators at shopping, right? It just exploded when, when the, especially when the pandemic came, we saw such an influx of engagement that we took the opportunity to really invest in the creators uh, side and the platform side. And that really means, particularly on the creator side, we needed a, a content ingestion platform through all the APIs, but we also needed a place where you could actually create, you know, a video pin and, and say, hey, here's what I want to do. And that came, of course, with creator monetization. So, you know, creators don't just do this for the goodness of their heart. Some do, but, um, you know, they want to be paid and there's lots of ways to be paid, whether we do pays based off of engagement rates or whether they're using affiliate links. So a lot of people have Amazon affiliate links and they're, they're going to tag items. So, and, and that's exactly what we're thinking. Of course, we have some of the great computer vision people in the world, but identifying every single item and every single pin is a pretty hard computer vision problem, right? Uh, and it's much better to get somebody, including our merchants, will tag the items. Um, many of the merchants have these beautiful hero images, they call it, or lifestyle images. You'll see a scene of a room and it's got 10 products in it and that sort of thing. And guess what? The merchant knows that there here is the 10, 10 items that you have. And so creators and merchants uh, both will submit both images and videos with products that are tagged. Uh, and that includes affiliate links and, and they can get paid for that effort. Oh, that is excellent. Yeah. I think you're going to, you'd get like really interesting lists from like a certain segment of the market that 
like for me example i have a couple interests one specifically guns like i could put together like a really sweet list and it's so cool how you've basically made it really easy for everybody to do that and then you get really great lists because that's the one thing that like makes me want to interact with pinterest is the list I get will not be like going on Amazon and typing in like, hey, I need something over in this area. It'll be this, it's almost like a guaranteed artistic result. Yeah, absolutely. We, we talk about Pinterest this way. It's like, there's a million places to go on the internet if you already know what you want. There's really only yeah. one place to go if you don't know what you want, and that's Pinterest, right? Because you you get there and you say like, listen, I'm thinking I want a modern barn kitchen, right? You know, like what the hell does that even mean to anyone, right? You know, you can't do that that search really accurately anywhere else. But when you do that on Pinterest, millions of people have pinned billions of items to a board called modern barn style kitchens, you know, and, and so we use the internet population to help curate and sort of tag, you know, machine learn tag the billions of images around the world and now videos. Um, and so uh, that's what Pinterest is all about. And it's, it's a hard technical problem. But I, I, I tell people when I, one of the main reasons I joined Pinterest, and a lot of people that work here that uh, talk to me is like, if you ask, you know, 10 people, you know, do you have an Pinterest account? What do you think of Pinterest? They go, oh my God, I love Pinterest, right? You know, they, they show you their reports and here's what I'm working on and that sort of thing. So it, it's fun to work at an inspiration company, right? <laughs> and then what's your day-to-day like? Is it much different than Walmart or is it still like coaching tech leaders? And Yeah, the one thing uh, that was killing me at Walmart was the time I was on the road. You know, I was on the road 80% of the time. You know, I had teams all over the world. When I joined Pinterest, 90% of the team was in San Francisco. So uh, one of the first things I had to do, of course, is diversify that because it's just that's just an insane technical strategy these days, right? So we opened offices in Seattle, Vancouver, Mexico, Poland, Dublin over the three and a half years that I've been here, um, a couple through acquisitions. But, uh, but as you can imagine, I've also sort of standardized on sort of the North American time zones. If you heard those numbers, I didn't say India or China, largely due to the fact that we're just not big enough to deal with the tax that it takes on the um, time zone. Like t- everyone calls it the time zone tax, right? You know, at 11 o'clock at night is 11 o'clock in the morning, right? And uh, it's a pretty painful process. So that was number one, growing the team, just like uh, we need to double or triple the size of the team. We've tripled it essentially since I've been here. Why did you need to do that? Why did you need to triple the team? Well, number one, you know, we grew our revenues uh, to when I joined, it was, you know, under a billion dollars. And now we're, you know, well over two billion. So we're tripling the size of the revenue. So everything from, you know, the advertising stack, uh, the work that we had to do. But plus, you know, in order to build a whole creators platform and a shopping platform, we needed we needed new new uh, team members. And, you know, my team is relatively small. You take a look at my competitors. I'm very commonly, uh, as I've done in my career, you know, working with a, a small army uh, against a much, much larger army. So part of the reason that I, I mentioned the talent density is so high is that we need a super high performing team because we're we're building products, um, not only for the whole world, but we're we're competing with the biggest uh, the Internet uh, companies in the world. So we definitely have to, to have some scale in order to in order to make that happen. Like Alibaba, like who, who would be a competitor? Yeah, um, everybody who basically buys ads on the internet. So all the social platforms, all the all the big guys now that we we talk about, everyone from Snap to TikTok to Instagram to to uh, even nowadays, the you know the ad type ad platforms. 
you know, you see Etsy building their own ad platform. Wayfair built their own ad platform. Walmart, of course, uh, I built I built the ad platform at Walmart. So it's all about you know making it easy for companies to understand when they're buying an ad. In our case, um, most of the time it's an inspirational type of ad where they're they're trying to get people to understand what they sell and get lots of new suppliers coming in for us, but making sure that they understand what the results are. You know, they want, you know, the, they want reporting back. They want, uh, and it's getting harder and harder, you know, given the, the IDFA work to, you know, directly understand, um, you know, a correlation between somebody saw an ad on, on Pinterest and whether they actually converted, uh, given all the cookie changes and everything that that's happened in the, in the, in the last yeah, year. Yeah. Did those Apple changes affect you guys at all? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We, we didn't do a lot of retargeting, you know, you know, most people around the internet, you know, they hated retargeting the most, even though it's one of the most useful parts of uh, the internet advertising. It's the one that everyone said is the creepiest. You know, I, I'm looking at something on on the internet retailer and then I jump over to some other website and then it says, hey, do you want to buy this item? And you're like, how did this company know that, you know, I was, I was uh, looking at something on some other company. So we were less um, impacted by those changes. We also, the way Pinterest works is we use what you're, pinning and what you're engaging with as the recommendation engine versus lots of companies target you based off your age or your profile and sort of thing. Pinterest doesn't really do that at all. We know your age and a couple of other things, but we don't know, we're not really targeting, you know, advertising or, or pins based off that. We, we're, we're using that the inspiration engine is based off what you're engaging with. So people will come in for everything from inspirational quotes to tattoos to, you know, to uh, gun safes or whatever. And uh, guess what? You're going to get more gun safes and you're going to get more related items to those. And most of it, it's visually appealing versus it being something more targeted. And so as a result, we've been less impacted by it. But it's still, it's still, uh, it can be, a, it can be hard, especially because, do you know about last click and the sort of internet advertising platform? Yeah. So, you know, Amazon, Google, and, and many of the other platforms like really optimize companies for last click. If you're looking for a couch it's very unlikely that you're going to go to a website and click and buy that couch in the same day, right? You come home, you say, I like this couch. You show it to your wife. You say, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Should we go look and see if they have it over at living spaces, blah, 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 you know? And then 30 days later, you might buy a couch, right? Oftentimes Pinterest is a place where we introduce those brands and those types of couches and the styles to uh, consumers, you know, maybe weeks before they buy. And, Smart advertisers like Home Depot and Wayfair and Ikea and some of the other sort of high consideration uh, companies understand a multi-touch attribution. Like say, hey, they saw it on Pinterest first, then they you know went to the store and checked out Ikea for a while, and then they ended up buying it after they saw an ad on some other platform, right? And they'll give us, you know, quote unquote, each, um, uh, each a, uh, a slice of that advertising revenue because they know that that's a really good place to, to start your journey. 
the more nascent um, advertisers are like, oh, no, I, they clicked on Amazon and they bought it. So Amazon should get all the advertising credit. They didn't find it on Amazon. They found it on Pinterest first. And so part of our shopping journey is how to connect that together. Like people don't want to leave Pinterest to go like click off and go look at some other retailer. They want to be able to know like, hey, this exact item is this exact item and I'll click over to the retailer and buy it. Right. And so that way it's really easy for people to understand that it came from Pinterest. Right? So we've got a lot of work to do there. And it makes it hard, right? And that's just the, the way of the world now, right? Well, I've, I experienced that firsthand, understanding attribution and awareness versus like direct conversion. Right. The podcast, we sell like sponsorships where people come on, right? And that we've been doing for about three years now. And we had to figure out like, how do we prove it to the customer? Because when you use a podcast, when you hear something like we're talking about Pinterest, no one's going to go into the description of this podcast and click a Pinterest link to go to Pinterest. Everyone's going to open their phone up and Google or go directly to the site. And so we saw these like customers like repeat buying from us a lot. And so I, I set meetings with them and I, I just chained like 30 meetings back to back with all of these customers. And the thing that made them successful versus our other ones was that they track it. They have a, how do you hear about us? And there was like a modern CTO podcast, either on their page or in their CRM when their salespeople would ask in their first meeting. And so I tell that to the other people and they'll just be like, yeah, it didn't work. I was like, well, <laughs> you didn't track it. 100%. And, and, and we're also, by the way, you described the problem exactly um, with Pinterest. The other thing is, of course, the last click people are saying, oh, no, 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 we get all that credit. We're the attribute, you know, you don't need to worry about any of that stuff. It came from here, right? You know, so so you're fighting against the, like, no, those platforms don't work. They, they're, you know, blah, 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 you know. It is what it is, you know. So part of it, you just have to get smarter about doing things like tracking and customer education and, you know, all that sort of thing. The, the other good news is that, frankly, advertisers want to diversify their ad spend. I mean, you know, the the social platforms have become, you know, pretty scary in some cases to, to advertise on in some cases. You know, they get a lot of bad press when when crazy stuff comes out. And and uh, so there's a lot of brands that are just absolutely nervous and they want they want a safe place to advertise. And, and uh, we spend a lot of time talking to people about, you know, why we're the safest place on the internet and, and why it's a part of our uh, part of our DNA. We spend a lot of technology cycles, you know, making sure that's true. Well, that's interesting because I didn't know that. I'm learning about that now. Also, if you were to ask me when we started the conversation, like in the first 10 seconds, if I use Pinterest, I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah. All the examples you've given about like the bathroom, the gun <laughs> room, I've looked at tattoos on there. There's so many. I looked the other day, I was looking for like a panda cartoon character and like a list of these panda cartoon characters came up. And it's funny that like my brain didn't register that I use it, but I actually, I'm on Pinterest, you know, a couple times a year at least. Yeah. Yeah. We, we get that a lot. Yeah. It's funny. We, we also are really good at, at SEO work as well. So, and it, frankly, it's natural because to your point, people are looking for lists of things and Pinterest has billions of lists of curated items. And as a result, we have the best results in, in, um, in many cases. And so the search engines know that and, you know, they end up feeding us a lot of, a lot of data, right? So. That's almost always how I get to you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. We want to get less and less dependent on that. I mean, Google changes their algo constantly and, and uh, you know, they definitely demote us. And, and we would rather have you open the app, if you know what I mean. Well, <laughs> I think I got to the point where like I had to make an account, whether it was like sharing something oh, yeah. with my wife or, or uh, some 
uh, system that said I looked at too much stuff. I don't know how you guys do it exactly. And I'm sure you run experiments constantly. Yes, right? we do. So at some point I got an account. <laughs> yeah, we have about a thousand experiments running at any one time. So the other thing about Pinterest that was pretty different from Walmart is born in the cloud, born uh, with an experimentation platform from the very beginning where I was like shoehorning in both the cloud and experimentation platforms into my other uh, tech stack. So everybody uses, I mean, we use the experimentation platform to launch features, every single feature ever versus, you know, at Walmart, you had, I had to ingest it into like our search engine and all kinds of stuff that was, um, was built before there was experimentation. And so that part of it is amazing. We're one of Amazon won't tell us if we're number one, but we're pretty close uh, on AWS um, as number one customer in the top five for sure. And probably the, the government agencies maybe are spending a little bit more than we are, but they, they won't tell us exactly. But um, but yeah, we're spending you know hundreds of millions of dollars on AWS. Um, we're, we just passed an exabyte, which I didn't want to. Uh, we were you know we were trying to prevent ourselves from uh, from growing uh, our data stack that big, but. Um, you know, it's a massive uh, platform as, as well that we're having to manage, right? So we do a lot of experiments that, you know, even we call it Nux new user experience, you know, whether you should have to have an account or not. But to your point, a lot of people share, you know, their boards with someone, their spouse or their architect or their designer or, you know, a friend. And it's hard, it's hard to do any of that without an account. I got to talk a few months ago to the CTO of GoDaddy. Oh, okay. And one of the things I was super surprised about is the culture they have for experimentation. It's like deeply embedded into their culture. They've built their own systems to sort of, you know, how they can propose experiments and then you run them and you watch them. And it's like one central system that will allow experiments to happen across their entire platform, all these different products that they, they build and own. So that's baked into Pinterest core culture too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. From the beginning. As a matter of fact, when I came here, one of the problems I had with it was, and I, this will sound very demeaning, but it was like our product strategy was often like, we'll run these hundred experiments and see which one works. And I'm like, that's not a product strategy. That's an experimentation strategy. So it's great to have it, but you need to be going somewhere like, hey, we're going this direction. And then here's the 100 experiments that are going to get us there. But yeah, it's it's very common um, to be running. I mean, we're running, we just upgraded our machine learning um, uh, systems as well. And we can run like a thousand models now instead of like a hundred just to test which ones are, you know, which, uh, which signals are better for relevance. And so we're just constantly uh, improving improving that. Um, so both on the machine learning side and on the client side, we're running experiments uh, like crazy. We don't even think about it. Our, it. The other stat that I use a lot, which I was blown away by when I joined Pinterest, was we have a uh, analytic system that consumes both our big data platform and some of our uh, SQL data. 60% of the company uses that on a monthly basis, like six zero, like crazy. It's amazing how data oriented people are in the company about decision making. In, in my first few meetings when I joined Pinterest, there was this guy, Dan Lurie, who's one of our best product managers. Somebody asked a question in a meeting, literally he opened his laptop, did a query and gave the answer back. And, you know, that kind of thing, having real-time analytics and having a company that answers questions with data is it's so 
it's awesome to work at that, you know, versus the hippo, you know, this is the way we're going. I feel like we should go this way. It's like literally a data oriented company. And it's, it's hard to understand how different it was from a, for a company just doesn't have access to the analytics they need in order to get answers to data in real time. It's amazing to work for a company like that. I think this is a good time to plug the careers page. You guys have a careers page <laughs> yes, at Pinterest? Yes, we do. Careers at Pinterest, yeah. Careers at Pinterest.com. Yeah, we're, we're still hiring. I, we had, a, like many companies, we've been cautiously moving forward with hiring. So we, we cut back um, quite a few. They've been when watching. Even during the pandemic, um, our CFO, Todd, and I sat down and said, listen, we should like open recs like every, the beginning of every quarter. Like, let's see how the business is going and then open recs. And actually, it was one of the smartest things we could do because we were able to pick up some incredibly good talent from Airbnb and some of the people that got harder hit by the pandemic. And as a result, just not only was able to grow the team fast, but I got some incredibly strong talent. And while this one looks a little scarier from from a from a um, overall uh, economic standpoint, um, we're still taking advantage of like trying to grab the best people we can. Yeah, it's definitely a super interesting climate because I'm 34, so I started getting into business early. And so I lived through, in the business world, I had experience going through the the real estate crash, right? And so when you were going through that, it was pretty clear. There was like all focus. There was like one thing happening and that's it. Now there's like 18 things happening. Nobody agrees. They're like debating whether a recession is possible or in one or it's already happened. Yeah. Or it will happen. <laughs> and and if, you know the way I responded as a CEO is I said, what can we... Like, let's look at our efficiency. Let's trace back. We're heavily calendar driven here. So you don't have to put like exactly what you're doing, but just like the block of time. Like I'm spending time in this area here. That way we can understand where time spent. And we just make sure that that connects. How far is that from revenue? Like if we're doing something like really far off, that's just kind of like a fun thing that we're doing. You know, that might be something to cut. And we're just figuring out how to get like lean so that regardless of what happens, the company, you know, you're always thinking about survival. Like if you're a CEO and you're not thinking about survival, you're lying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's really smart. I, I, I think we talked about this even when I was at Walmart. I've been obsessed with engineering productivity for 20 years. And it's an incredibly hard thing to measure. And I've had, you know, various forms of success of looking at, you know, things like NPS in combination with, you know, things like build times and number of pull requests, KLOC, and number of, you know, code lines of code you're able to commit. But to your point, it does a whole bunch of things when you when you focus on this. Number one, you're increasing the productivity of your team. Awesome for the company, awesome for everyone. Number two, it makes the engineers incredibly happy, right? The most engineers I know want to write code. They don't want to deal with some, you know, approval systems or security review or, you know, some compliance thing or like a build that takes, you know, more than 30 minutes to, to run, you know. And so I've always seen, you know, uh, you know, much higher return on investment on productivity efforts uh, for the engineers um, in particular that, uh, that have in these times are really good returns on investment. And even my product team here is 100% aligned with that. The, the amount of gains we've had both on engagement and revenue over the last three years that came from just ML, machine learning productivity efforts, um, is it's like a lot higher than, than what we would have expected, let me put it that way. <laughs> uh, and so uh, so we just continue to invest, like how to make the machine learning people more, more effective, right? It's, it returns every time, right? And then when you see 
you know, speaking of algorithms and machine learning, I was thinking when we were preparing for this call, like about TikTok, because before we talked, TikTok was a thing. Kids used it since in the past two years, like past Google as like one of the most visited sites. It's hugely addictive and they've got their algorithm. But what I've noticed after using that and then using Instagram stories and then shorts on YouTube, this is like a trend that's going across all of these media companies. Have you guys done anything related yeah. to that? Yeah, your your experience is what we call doom scrolling, and, and I think the the internet is commonly using that. And, and you know, we want people when they come to Pinterest, you know, and they use it for ten minutes or an hour or whatever, to walk away, you know, more inspired and happy. And oftentimes, that's the opposite of what happens when you're wa- doing it on a TikTok or uh, one of these others. You you walk away and you're like, oh my god, I just wasted an hour of my life, you know. Um, so. Um, Yes, is the short answer to your question. So short form video is something we invested largely with creators and the ability to ingest not only videos to uh, to Pinterest like a pin, but the ability to do it in a, in a way, um, sometimes we call it edutainment. So it's it's entertaining, but you're like learning how to plant a garden. And, you know, most of the creators know that they can't just be fact people. They have to have a, a you know, a style and that's sort of, you see all these cooking shows where the people are like, you know, they're really skilled at their craft, but they're also really creative when they're, when they're talking about, you know, how to, how to do substitutes and that sort of thing. So we look for creators that are in this sort of edutainment space that like the short form video. So we, we've been experimenting with both, putting videos into your, into your feed, um, which you, if you scroll through on, on mobile, you'll see it pretty often. But we also have a, another one we call the watch tab that have just video threads. And that's been going okay. We see, not surprisingly, a lot of the early Pinterest users don't like the video uh, format. And a lot of the new Pinterest users love the video format. So, so it's a little bit of thing that we have to deal with um, experimentation, which is... Um, which is always fun. But yeah, it's a, it's a, I don't think it's going away because I think the, the video, it's so much more engaging. And like, you know, even when I was looking for like, how do I repair the brakes on this particular car? You know, like a series of images isn't going to work. You need some videos, right? You know, you need some instructions on how to, how to do that. And, you know, so, you know, oftentimes when I think about our competitors, I, I actually am more nervous about YouTube than on some of these other platforms because that's a place where you go for this sort of medium-term, long format. You know, how do I build a cabinet or you know remodel my bathroom or whatever, or like replace the O valve in my in my sink or something, right? You know, these sorts of things is what um, really engages really well on Pinterest. Yeah, I discovered YouTube Shorts like two months ago <laughs> and I spent like 20 minutes <laughs> watching it Yeah, and it, it was just one of those rare times, you know, I've got a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and then one that'll be here like this week. So <laughs> you got no you time. Know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so when I say I spent 15, 20 minutes on something, that's like all my free time. Right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, I was like, I found it. I was like, this is so addictive because Google's known me for 20 years. Yeah. So it was so relevant to who I am and it was so perfect but when I found that format uh, a couple months ago, I went to my production team and I was like, this is addictive. This is fantastic. We need to do clips like this. When we condense that down and cut out like to your most important 60 seconds and put some graphics in there that you don't have to be like crazy complicated yeah. graphics, just some words or whatnot. Man, does that perform 
That's what that's what we call it. Idea pins. I know everybody calls it something different, but it's the same type of thing. You take a you may take a hero image, a short video, a list of ingredients, a technique on how to like stir or you know saute or whatever. And you're, to your point, it's really engaging and really helpful. I mean, it's really helpful, right? In a, in a very short period of time. And so, I think that I think the format is here to stay. The of course the you know to your point, there's there's stuff that gets lots of engagement that is irrelevant. And so we want to be the place where that doesn't happen. You know, we want to be, you know, super relevant and that sort of thing. So that's, that's what I think about the challenge. And it's a lot of the same computer vision and the content understanding problems that we have with images. You just have, you know, a bunch more, a bunch more images, right? You take a, a you know, a segment shot of a, of a video and you under, kind of understand what's going on with a computer vision. And it, it's, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a rapidly adopted tech uh, that we, you know, we have to, we have to use, right. And it's, it's going really well. We've, we've even experimented a little bit with live shopping as well on Pinterest. Um, what's that? So you very typical, almost like, you know, home shopping network style. Hey, I want to, I'm going to sell this item for 20 minutes and I'll show you how it is and that sort of thing. It's not, you know, as you read about it around the internet, it doesn't really work in the United States. It's very popular in Asia and it's, it's a pretty interesting format, but it's just hasn't taken off. And even, even uh, some of the social networks have cut their, their live shopping stuff. So we've, we've been playing around with a little bit, but it's good for some products, but it just doesn't work for everything. So we'll, we'll see how that format. You know, we're constantly experimenting with new formats and, and capabilities to see what Pinterest loves, right? Oh yeah, that format's a no-go for me. I saw Amazon <laughs> did it yeah. and they happened to do like a live shopping one of something I was buying. So I clicked on it just to be like, what is this? Because you have to explore, right? Yeah. And there was so much filler because they needed to reach this like audience within this range that like they weren't, it wasn't good. I don't know how to, I don't know how to tell you it was bad. I just saw it and I was like, this is not good. I just can go read the bullet points and the descriptions and read the reviews and I can get the information I need to make this purchase without watching you like try to engage an audience. And some of them, uh, you, you guys saw a bad one. Some of them are really good. The question is about reach and you know, to your point is audience. Like, you know, I, we're making this video and it's being seen by a few hundred or maybe even a couple of thousand people. But from a scale standpoint, that's not enough, right? I mean, we're talking about reaching, you know, a video, our videos reach hundreds of millions of people, right? You know, so, you know, if you do one cooking show and it's you, you sold a thousand items, yes. And we've seen Lyft or people do it on, on Pinterest, you know, they, they increase their sales. That's great, you know, but it's, is it really enough to, to warrant a whole format and everything? So we're playing around with it. We'll see how it goes. That, oh, that yeah. format's good. The other one that we're playing around with is AR, of course. So I, I talked a little bit about our tech there. Um, we've done all the early easy stuff, which is like, hey, I want to see a chair or a couch in this room. I want to put a new piece of art on my wall and I'm going to use my phone to see it. But the innovative stuff we've done there is we've, done what we call AR try-on. So you, uh, you've seen this now, uh, some other companies have, have copied us, but you can use makeup and, and uh, do style, hairstyles and all that, all that kind of work. And we have L'Oreal and all the big uh, beauty brands um, ingesting all their content so that you can try it and buy a lipstick. And the great part about this is it's, it's literally five, if you use it, you're five times more likely to buy it. Right. Which is crazy. I mean, that kind of lift just doesn't exist on the Internet. Right. Um, and so these kind of technologies, when you're using and you're engaging with it, you know, you really know that you have a committed buyer to your to your point earlier. And that, that's one of the great parts about Pinterest. So we've done that with makeup, lipstick, and we've now done 
we call it inclusive search. Again, a, a place to be the safest place in the internet, but also like the most inclusive place in the internet. If you do a search for like hairstyles, you can choose uh, your skin tone. You can choose your hair pattern type. So you can like oh, curly nice. hair or straight hair or wavy hair and that sort of thing. And it just makes it so much easier for people to find people that look like them. You know, I want styles that look like this, right? And, you know, and it, it, you know, those are really hard engagement problems. Like, you know, if you don't have information about a person, I told you earlier, we're not spending a lot of time on like personalization data or capturing this data. But if you specify and say, hey, I, I've got a lighter skin tone range or a darker skin tone range, or I've got this wavy hair, then your pins just are magic, right? They come out just perfect for you, right? And it's, uh, it's, it's a wonderful experience. And again, all powered by the same computer vision team and technology. That, that is what's made Pinterest special for so many years. Pinterest is how I found my beard. <laughs> there style. you go. I'm, there's yeah. tons of that. Back to my point. I mean, even everyone says, you know, hey, men, start, men don't use Pinterest, but they, they use it for fashion. They use it for DIY ideas. They use it for paint colors. They use it to find their beard and mustache styles. It, that's another thing about Pinterest is it's a really safe place to explore a new you, if you know what I mean. Like people, yeah. I mean, you're not worried about being judged. And, and we hear that from creators too. Creators come to Pinterest and they create a piece of content on Pinterest and they go to Instagram and they create another piece of content. It's like people that use Pinterest don't hate on them. You know, they go, they go publish this and like, your content sucks. It's terrible, blah, blah, blah. You know, they come to Pinterest like, hey, I like this. Well, you could think about that. You know, like lots of helpful people. They just say it's so much easier and nicer to build on Pinterest that uh, they just love it. Um, Many have abandoned all the other platforms just to to build um, on Pinterest because of the audience. And again, that's not just because the people that use it. It's part of our technology stack to uh, eliminate sort of trolls and all that stuff. Uh, we we have to deal with it's our problem, hard tech problem. Yeah, well, you guys have always had. I think one of the I I always notice brands that have really good design or at least software that has really good design because I've been building software my whole life, right? And when I see, I was like, oh, they invest in design. And that was one of my early memories of Pinterest was yeah. it was really minimal and it looked really nice. They did really great things with typography, which I love when people understand how to do that. But yeah, that was that's like one of my earliest memories of Pinterest because you come across stuff and you're like, that looks like it's going to be huge. Yeah. Evan, it came from Evan, our co-founder, who is really a design expert. As a matter of fact, now that he's retired, he's been working with Johnny Ive on uh, on his oh. design studio. So, I mean, this is the kind of caliber of designers we have here. I talk about I talk about my team a lot, you know, the computer vision team and the machine learning team, but we have some of the world's best designers as well. We built, you know, it's been a design first company for a long time. So, um, it's it's a, just a wonderful place to work. I mean, our our product team has been a design centric machine learning. It's it's hard to find people that play both sides like you know mm -hmm. we really know that you know oftentimes when i describe pinterest to people it's like it's this this app that's this beautiful website that's showing you billions of beautiful image powered by the most unbelievable machine learning and graph database system that you ever have thought of right and that's that's what pinterest is it's like it's literally both sides you know i grew up my, my father was an engineer and my mother is an artist so it kind of makes sense that i ended up a place like this but um but it is sort of the best of both worlds, like this beautiful place in the, in the world powered by this incredible engine that makes it go, right? It makes it scale globally, right? I mean, 400 million people around the world, right? So it's uh, many, many languages, many different cultures. You know, I, I always love seeing like Diwali ideas and, and things I, I, celebrations I've never even heard of. There was, a, there was a huge thread on, I think it was on Reddit, talking about 
home designers in Nigeria. And Ben and I were just riffing on who would have known that, you know, home designers in Nigeria are, 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 you know, going ink for Pinterest, right? You know, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful thing. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it sounds super rewarding. I want to make sure that we watch your time here because I don't want you to be late to your next meeting. Got it. But as we wrap up, last question, what are you learning right now as a leader? Oh, I'm learning how to run a large team when we never see each other, right? It's, uh, you know, from my time at Walmart, one of the things I did, I spent a ton of time with the team all over the world. And the pandemic's been tough. I mean, trying to run a large organization, you you really have to triple down on your communications. You have to really understand documentation and and build a culture of investing in docs. Um, you know, we're having, you know, I, I was just talking to a woman who was a lawyer and she was talking about young lawyers and how do they, you know, learn law. And, and you know, in a law practice, when you're young, you're usually, you know, working, you know, 15 hours and you're working with clients and you're working with 20 different clients and you're randomly going to meetings to hear things. And this is how engineering is exactly. And so I've been very nervous about how do we bring on new engineers and ramp them at the same pace as we did pre pandemic. And I know the, the freedom that the, that the work from home lifestyle has given people for, especially for folks like you have young kids and that sort of thing. It's been, freeing and amazing. But I look at back my time when I, I had young kids your age, I was spending, I sleeping in the office sometimes. And I look back at that part of my career, not only the best time I have in my career from a people and accomplishment standpoint, but I learned more than I ever had, right? I'm just worried like people have forgotten like that this is an important part of culture, right? And and how to and how do you build that in an environment where you're, you're completely remote? So that's the that's the hardest thing to do in leadership right now is to is to figure out how to balance the um, fully remote environment, right? We're we're not quite fully remote. We're coming in like once every other week or once a month. Most teams come in about once a month, but uh, so people get to know each other. But it's still pretty different, right? You know, if you can't lean over to your buddy and ask, "Hey, what's that thing again?" that that rebuilds the system when it crashes, you know, it's like, ah, I say everything that can't be solved in Slack that isn't a, a half an hour meeting is like this no man's land, like the death of the five minute meeting. Like I, I just need somebody for five minutes. Like you have to schedule it next Thursday for 30 minutes. Right. You know, it's like, ah, so productivity, I've been worried about productivity. I've been working about uh, worried about onboarding and then just worried about, you know, how, how fast, you know, people grow in their careers in, in this situation. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing, man. It's always good to see you. Yeah, is, great thank you so up. much. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.